Hi, and welcome to LeechFest, a medical history podcast where we make sure to use protection and to avoid scratching our sores. Because today, we're talking about monkeypox. What is it? And why is it spreading amongst the gays? And can we do anything about it? We'll answer all of that. But first, my name is Mia. And I'm Salem. And how have you been? I've been fine. I had a really long week last week, really mm-hmm. busy. Um, didn't get enough sleep, I think. So now I'm kind of recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Except jokes on me, because I have a lot of work to do this weekend too. <laughs> um, so busy. Yeah. I've been busy. It's the worst feeling in the world when you rest from work, mm-hmm. but you have more work coming up. More work so is piling de- up. So the yeah. deadlines are just like inching closer to you while you rest so you can never really fully rest because yeah. you can just hear like the hooting hollering of the of the hordes of work <laughs> that are coming to invade yeah like i because i know i know that i need to rest i can mm-hmm. feel that my body is begging me for rest but i also know that i have so much stuff to do um so it's i'm like resting stressfully mm-hmm. um <laughs> yeah. you're like rushing through rest yeah yeah basically i hate when that happens how have you been I've been fine. I've also had a very tough week. Mm-hmm. Um, the start of August, we both have COVID, had mm-hmm. COVID. Um, and I felt like, I think it took me a little more time to get like fully back in action than I thought that it would. Like I thought that like after a week I would be like, oh yeah, I'm fine. And then I'm like, I, 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 like I'm just now feeling to be like, oh, I'm, I'm a normal person again. Mm-hmm. I have energy. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know, I, I actually feel the same a little bit and I, I can't help but think about how last time we... Made, made an episode and we were talking about yeah. how we just recovered from COVID. I was like, not going to lie. I'm a little bit afraid of long COVID. Yeah. And then we're both feeling it a little bit. A little bit. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like long, long COVID. No, but I mean, it's only like been a few weeks, yeah. but I definitely don't feel well. No. People do say that there, like, there are like long-term like feelings of COVID. I had a, I had a fan on, on YouTube uh, who told me that she had COVID and... It took her like six months or something like that to recover, like mm-hmm. fully. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I had another one who also was like, uh, they also said like it took them like three or four months to feel like they were back to normal. So yeah. like, even if you don't have long COVID, it it, it takes a toll. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess I, yeah. long COVID can also mean different things. Yeah. But what I am referring to is like, even if I don't have like the, you know, like the typical symptoms like mm-hmm. respiratory issues and you like know like a, like coughs coughing and, and sneezing and like i'm fine i'm still not a hundred percent like i feel still a bit weak and i'm not like fully i feel like i'm cognitively not like back to like my old self oh i for sure get that um, which is really really annoying and like and pretty scary yeah um but i i hope it's gonna um, I hope it's going to go away yeah. because I work with my brain and I need my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, the fact that COVID makes you stupid mm-hmm. is very bad. And it, it's it's sucky to be like in the summer of 2022 mm-hmm. and still be like, hmm, yeah, COVID. COVID, huh? <sighs> well, today we're talking about another, pandem- uh, another <laughs> epidemic. So that's fun too. But um, I haven't just had COVID. I've also... Uh, I'm running for uh, political office, mm-hmm. so that's been taking up a lot of time too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we got uh, elections up here in Sweden. And so it's so annoying. By the time this goes out to the public, we will maybe the elections will be over. Mm-hmm. Not sure we'll have a new government by then, because last time it took like four months before we got mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, that's gonna be fun. It's so exhausting to see mm-hmm. like the election posters everywhere and like people at the bus station handing out things mm-hmm. getting um, getting hassled by the moderates um yeah. everywhere you go like every city square somehow they're oh, always excuse there me. Do you, would you like to read a little bit about <laughs> go away no i don't <laughs> well anyway i've also been in public squares handing out things hassling people to read about my political party which is good mm-hmm. um but that's just been taking up time um and i've also uh done a video for like a swedish c- climate ngo Mm-hmm. Uh, that I've been working on for like months and months and months and months. So like we shot that like a few days ago. So when is it gonna that. when is it gonna be out? We think sometime like very late September, maybe maybe mid October. Mm-hmm. It really depends because like I'm not like you know I have I have my day job. <laughs> <laughs> like 
hey, my day job, that's kind of got to take priority over mm. me, like doing work on that thing. And they, they know that. And like, they also have day jobs. So it's very much one of those things that like when everyone has time mm -hmm. to finish it, then it will be out. Well, it's in Swedish too. So like, if you're, if you're a Swede listening to this, you'll be able to hear me speak Swedish mm. and it will be subtitled in English. So everyone can watch it. And it's about the climate, which is an yeah. important topic to talk about. Yeah. It's very much like climate change one-on-one. But enough about us. Let's get into the podcast. Uh, but before we do that, we got some patrons to thank. This month we're thanking Emilia and Lucy. Thank you, Emilia and Lucy, for supporting this podcast and this episode in particular. Uh, we hope you're interested in monkeypox. Um, the pox of the monkey. The pox of the monkey. We also want to thank the rest of our patrons for supporting us and also to our uh, audience who loyally listens to us every month. Uh, who rates us and mm -hmm. leaves comments. We actually, we don't talk about this very much, but, you know, I we do read your comments and they Each are... Each and every one. <laughs> they are very nice to read. Um, somebody recently left a comment on iTunes saying that... Yeah, saying that um, our accents are very relaxing. Which, <laughs> I have heard that too. I'm yeah, like, I thought that was very nice because I often feel a bit like insecure about mm -hmm. my accent. Um, like I'll, I'll be in post editing and I'll hear myself like mispronounce something. I'm like, piece of shit. <laughs> um, so it's nice that like some people enjoy them. Um, I like also that we're in the phase of like content creation where like reading every comment is fun. Mm -hmm. And I think podcasts are also a bit more like nice in that way because mm -hmm. people have to, you dear listeners, like you kind of have to do more in order to leave a comment somewhere. Like you have to have to be on Patreon or iTunes. There's not like a comment window in Spotify. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Um, so most YouTube. So like so yeah. if you, if you, you have to work for it. Like it's work. not, it's if not If you want to so leave us a hate comment, yeah. you have to work for that. Yeah. And most people don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. and, and I just mean that like, uh, on like, on Facebook, for example, like I barely read my comments anymore, like at all. Like mm -hmm. I'll skim through them occasionally to see if someone tells me that they love how I look or something, <laughs> like to just fish for compliments. Um, but I, I can't really read comments anymore. Mm -hmm. But for the podcast, we can, because mm -hmm. it's always good. I think you're too busy to read them because you have your own, but I definitely read them. <laughs> and I think I think it's really nice. I greatly enjoy it. Please leave us more comments. Please leave us more comments. We love it. And love review it. us and stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to take that at the end of the episode, too. Yeah. Um, but with that, let's, let's, uh, let's get on with the episode, mm -hmm. finally. But, dear Salem, what is Pox of the Monkey? <laughs> well, you're in luck, Mia Mulder, because I'm going to talk about exactly that. <laughs> Full name. <laughs> Mia Johanna Mulder. <laughs> Are you in luck today? Um, so, in this first section, I'm going to talk about what the virus is and what it does. And does it come from monkeys? Why is it called monkeypox? Why is it called monkeypox? <laughs> Those are my, uh, like, undertitle notes. <laughs> Um, so, monkeypox is an emerging zoonotic disease, meaning that it can spread from animals to humans, and it's caused by the monkeypox virus. This virus is a member of the Orthopox virus genus, and is one of the four Orthopox virus species that can cause disease in humans. The other three being the variola virus, which causes smallpox. Yeah, the, we, we've, we've heard variola before. Yeah. <laughs> the cowpox virus and the vaccinia virus, which is a very close relative of the cowpox virus and which has been used widely for vaccine development, hence its name. Yeah, vaccine. Um, the fact that monkeypox shares a genus with smallpox is very important. This ensures some cross-protective immunity, and we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Regarding its name, despite being called monkeypox, the natural host of this virus is actually unknown. The reason it's called that is because it was discovered when a colony of monkeys that was kept for research in 1958 developed an unknown pox-like disease. Then monkeys got pox. <laughs> so they were like, monkeypox, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> These monkeys got the pox. Let's call it monkeypox. Anyway, uh, the virus can infect a variety of animals, which allows it to circulate in wild animals and cause spillover infection events in humans. It has only been isolated twice from wild animals, which is kind of low. It's kind of surprising. Yeah. Uh, one time from a rope squirrel in the Democratic Republic of Congo and another time from a sooty mangabe in Ivory Coast. And I had to look it up. It's like a type of monkey. It's like nice. a, a small, small monkey. Uh, yeah, Africa got all sorts of 
fun animals. Small, small monkey animals. They do. Lots of monkeys and, and we love them all. rodents. Yeah. Uh, monkeypox is endemic in Central and Western Africa, but it also occasionally pops up in other countries. For example, there was a small outbreak in the United States in 2003 after pet prairie dogs were housed with Gambian pouched rats in Dormis that had been imported from Ghana. This led to 70 people being infected in the United States. This was the first documented case of monkeypox in the Western Hemisphere, but was definitely not the last. Monkeypox has also been reported in travelers from Nigeria to Israel in 2018, in Singapore in 2019, and basically every year since 2018 in the United States and the UK. Um, so, and this is something that's also kind of important that every year since 2018, it's kind of popping up again and again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like the 2000, 2003 and then 2018 and then 2019, 2020, mm-hmm. 2021, 20. Like, I'll, it's, I'll it's kind of like, about how that like it's getting more and more frequent. Mm-hmm. And that's important. The virus itself is a DNA virus, not an RNA virus like the SARS CoV 2 virus, which is good news because DNA viruses have better genetic repair mechanisms which means that mutations are corrected and the virus changes more slowly over time. Oh, thank like it doesn't God. yeah, like it doesn't accumulate mutations as frequently. Yeah. It like self-corrects. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, thank like thank Christ. <laughs> it's a pretty big virus. Um it's about 140 to 450 nanometers. <laughs> what do you mean like physically? Yeah, it's, it's like a physically large virus. It's, it's large. Yeah. <laughs> it's big, large and in charge or what's the thing? Mm-hmm. And has a brick-like structure. <laughs> it's bricked up. <laughs> this is, it. is this why it's spreading amongst the gays? I mean, I love to say the virus is bricked up. <laughs> you can you can say that. You can say that. You can't you can't have what I said. I don't get it. It's being bricked. Bricks. Well, that that's also what I'm referring to I when know, I say but, bricked up. Yes, but, but you like, said spreading. But it's a... vague enough when you say it. When I say that's because of the gays, okay. then it's like I'm saying I'm but saying if, it explicitly. But if I don't say it explicitly, can I say it? Yeah, you can say it. Okay. <laughs> is this a pass or is it something that all cis people can say? Yeah, I think that's all cis people can say. Okay, that. right there. Because it's like it's vague enough where it's like I see what you did there, but it's like okay, it's okay. sneaky. Um, what does it mean that it's brick shaped? It's just like shaped like a brick. <laughs> okay, oh, sure. it means what it means. Sure, okay, why not? Well, you know how the like. Yeah, it's 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 like how the mm-hmm. COVID is like a sphere. It's a brick. <laughs> what do you want me to say about it? I didn't know viruses could be brick shaped. Yeah. Um, there are also two different clades of the virus: the Central African clade, which is now known as clade one which has a case fatality of up to 11% in unvaccinated children, and the West African clade, or clade 2, which has a fatality rate below 1%, which is a clade that is currently spreading internationally. Mm-hmm. As far as transmission goes, it is believed to occur through saliva and respiratory secretions, as well as contact with what is called lesion exudate, or crust material. <laughs> lesion exudate. Uh, so don't, don't go touching people's lesions. Yeah, don't. Lest you get monkeypox. Because they're like open sores. Yeah. Kind of. Mm. Like scab. They, and they, and yeah. they have secretions also. Um, uh, if you're listening to this, don't go look them up. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of them are in genitals. And the Wikipedia page and like a lot of studies that were read for this have a lot of pictures of genitals with a lot of lesions on them. I mean, maybe and people should see and get like scared straight. <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm scared straight by watching lesions on like a face or like like like... I've seen a lot of they, I've seen a lot scar, of messed up scrotums. They scar badly too. They scar badly and they anyway, hurt like a bitch apparently. They do. Yeah, so it occurs through saliva and yeah, contact with lesion pus. Mm-hmm. Um viral shedding via feces may also occur. Oh. Uh so th- this is kind of also where the um, uh, zoonotic like the mm. the animal to human transmission happens cuz like if you're handling like fecal matter of animals that you don't know, like you, you, you might get, get monkeypox. Yeah, uh, direct skin-to-skin contact is also a transmission route that, of course, includes sex, but also hugging, massage, and kissing, as well as prolonged face-to-face contact and sharing fabrics and objects that have not been disaffected, uh, like towels, bedding, fetish gear, and sex toys. Transmission is also vertical, meaning that a pregnant person can spread the virus to their fetus through the placenta. 
And of course, because this is a zoonotic virus, it can be spread from infected animals to humans through scratches and bites, but also from preparing and eating infected meat that has not been cooked thoroughly or using products from an infected animal. Symptoms are pretty straightforward and mostly include fever, swollen lymph nodes, and lesions. The symptoms tend to begin 5 to 21 days after infection, with early symptoms resembling the flu, uh, which includes headache, muscle pains, fever, and fatigue. Which, by the way, I hate it when, when uh, like, illnesses have this. Because, yeah. like, every time you get, like, the sniffles a little mm-hmm. bit, you're going to be like, oh my god. It could be anything. Smoky <laughs> box. Yeah. Um, I had a sore on my leg like a few weeks ago and I remember you pointing it out yeah. like, and I knew it was a sore because I knew where I got it. It's a little and spooky. It's a little spooky because like there's part of you that's just like, did I really hit my leg on that thing? Did I really scratch it? <laughs> where did that come from? Where did that come from? Monkey yeah. box? However, within a few days of the initial fever, lesions start appearing, typically on the face at first, and then spreading to the trunk, palms of the hands, soles of the feet, and genitals. So don't you worry, you'll soon find out if it's <laughs> if it's the sniffles or it's monkeypox. Mm-hmm. The source can... In some cases. Yeah. I have I have some epidemiological things to talk about later. But yeah. Like it's, yeah. This is, this is a typical case. Yeah. Um, the source can be a few, or it can be in the thousands, sometimes emerging to produce large lesions. The sores usually start out as small flat spots, then become small bumps that fill with a clear fluid and then yellow fluid, which eventually bursts and scabs over. That persists for about 10 days, after which the lesions go away, leaving behind pale marks which most often become dark scars. Children, the elderly, pregnant people, and immunocompromised people are, of course, more vulnerable to the virus than the general population and can, of course, get complications. And that can include secondary infections, pneumonia, sepsis, encephalitis, and loss of vision with severe eye infection. Mm -hmm. However, and this is the part that's a little fucked up, uh, it's also possible to be infected with monkeypox and not show any symptoms at all. So you can go around... I mean, because... Like, I think something that I hear people talk about, like, on Twitter is about how, like, well, you know, monkeypox is visible. Mm-hmm. It's not like COVID where you can just, like, pretend you have, like, a cold mm-hmm. or the flu and, like, go into... But you can see if you have it. You can see. But, like, you can't. Not always, yeah. Not always. Like, some people don't get mm-hmm. lesions at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people don't even know if they have it. However, we don't know yet if asymptomatic monkeypox is transmissible and this is something that scientists are currently trying to find out mm. um, that's, uh, that's good to know that they're trying to find that out there's a, there's a few things we don't know about monkeypox yeah i guess because <laughs> I, I wonder why scientists haven't bothered to do a lot of research about this thing that we've known about since the fucking <laughs> 70s hmm. i wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that it's very common in like the congo basin and west africa yeah yep hey white researchers get y'all shit together uh, no, I think that's a good point to to bring up. I don't really talk about it, but like that's true. Like I have a, it, I have we a know, part of that later. Like too. we know it's we know it's there. Yeah. Um, and we know like it's just something. It's fucked up because it's just like something that is accepted. That, like oh, it pops up occasionally down there, but like it's just part. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Like, what are you gonna do? Like it's just there. It happens. <laughs> and then as soon as like international. Uh, like an international outbreak happens, everybody's like up in arms mm-hmm. about how it's been. Everyone's just scrambling to like fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad you're going to talk about it. Yeah. So, is there a cause for worry? Now, monkeypox is really fatal and it's not super transmissible, like, you know, especially if you can, if you compare it to like COVID. Mm-hmm. And yet, there's quite a bit of concern about it. Why is that? Well, firstly, monkeypox is closely related to smallpox which caused millions of fatalities worldwide. Mm -hmm. And while monkeypox doesn't seem like a very dangerous virus now, we are treading very carefully because of its similarities to smallpox. Going off on that, smallpox immunization stopped in the 70s, which means that a significant proportion of the global population does not have immunity against smallpox or its related viruses, including monkeypox. Mm That's actually one of the things that I found during research that apparently, like, all elderly people, on average, right, mm-hmm. are more susceptible to, mm-hmm. to the virus, obviously. Mm-hmm. But some elderly people are more safe because mm-hmm. they may have gotten the smallpox mm-hmm. vaccine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, huh. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. There's also concern that the monkeypox virus could become a more efficient human pathogen. 
So remember how earlier I was like, well, it's a DNA virus, so it doesn't replicate. Like it, do, it, it doesn't mutate. It, it that doesn't either. mutate yeah. that that often. It's fine. Um, that is true, but somehow, for some reason, <laughs> the monkeypox virus has been undergoing accelerated evolution over the past few years by mutating at a much faster rate <laughs> than expected. Than expected. <laughs> I yelled out and like, oh, thank God. I was so happy. And now you're giving me this double whammy. I'm sorry. So Great. typically you would expect a virus like this to acquire two or three mutations a year. Uh, since 2018, it's gained 50. <laughs> so it's been mutating like, like 12 times, speed. 12 times as fast yeah. as it normally would. And like, we don't really know why. Great. Um, I love it when viruses act differently than what I, we think viruses should act like. I love it when they challenge what we currently know mm. about viruses. <laughs> Great. I'm so, so happy. But okay, here it's not it's like don't don't panic. We don't we don't <laughs> we don't really know yet if these mutations are harmless or if they are increasing the virus's infectivity or pathogenicity. Like, it could just be that they're gaining mutations, but those mutations don't actually do anything. Most yeah. most mutations are harmless. Yeah. Um, Might even be negative, like, for the virus. Like, yeah, most times, most times they don't do anything. Yeah. It's not really common that they, like, decrease the virus's, like, fitness. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We, we don't know yet what those mutations are, mm. and it's going to take a few years before we actually do, because here's a little tidbit. Um... Mutate like genes usually work in combinations. So if there's fifty mutations, how many possible combinations are there? Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of like just a lot of experimental data that has to be collected. Fair. But in any case, when a virus enters a population, in this case the human population, and spends a lot of time jumping from host to host, it becomes more adapted to that species, which is why it's extremely important to contain the spread of the virus. Of course, this is made more difficult by increased international travel and international trade in plants and animals, but most of all by human encroachment on animal habitats causing increased contact with wild animals. Additionally, deforestation and climate change leads to changes in host behavior. For example, it may mean animals seeking shelter or food outside their regular zones and entering zones of human habitation. Yeah. Uh, lastly, because it's a zoonotic virus with a wide range of hosts, it's not unlikely that it could establish new ecological niches in wild animals in geographies outside Africa. I'll talk more about, um, at the end, about like what the future holds mm -hmm. for monkeypox. But for now, is it cause for concern? <laughs> Great. Comforting. <laughs> so, I mean, not <laughs> yet. Like, it's not... It's not it's not something that's like setting everybody off into a panic. Mm -hmm. It's not n not yet. Could it be? Yeah. Cause for concern. But, it, like could, but could yeah. it could it be an issue in the future? Maybe. Yeah. Like we're cautiously optimistic, but we got to we got to keep an eye on it. We got to keep an eye on it. Yeah. That's my <laughs> that's my <laughs> professional opinion <laughs> as a biomedical scientist and podcaster. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So that is how the virus acts and the horrible things that it does to the body. Um, don't like hearing about that. I don't like hearing about um, crust, crusting. Crusty lesions. Crusty lesions. The fact that they can merge and become bigger <laughs> is something that's like, I didn't know, I didn't know they knew how to do that. I mean, that's how they get those, that's how you, that's why you see those like, you know, the people with like big holy lesions. No, I know, but like, I... Also, very, I very scientific like, medical description. <laughs> big holy. Big holy legions. Um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about, like, how did we get to the point where we are right now? Um, you've mentioned a little bit here, so I'm going to do a quick recap, but with some added details, um, <laughs> as is my job as an historian, to repeat what you said, but with some more artistic flair. Historians don't produce any original signs. <laughs> so, um, as you said, monkeypox was discovered in 1958, um, specifically in a Danish colony of research monkeys. 
Um, which is why I can conclude that the Danes definitely made this as a bioweapon uh, that they then released upon the world because they're Danish. I just realized that if I say, even as a joke, because that's a joke, if I say the Danes made monkeypox as a bioweapon, I feel like maybe, do you think the Spotify algorithm is going to hear monkeypox, bioweapon, and put like a, a flare being like, monkeypox is not a bioweapon, <laughs> COVID-19 is not engineered uh, as a check, bioweapon? Check your, check your sources. Do not believe everything that... <laughs> Podcasters say, "Don't." This is a YouTubers joke. are not scientists. Don't. <laughs> but the first human infections were discovered in 1970 in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, they were discovered during global efforts to eradicate smallpox, uh, which we've already done an episode on, uh, and it confused scientists like on location quite a bit because symptoms are very similar to smallpox, like I said. Um, and I think that this is so. It's not funny because it's tragic, but it's sort of like, it's it's infuriating. It doesn't have to be so annoying for like smallpox eradication scientists to be like, there's another one. <laughs> like we're in the middle of eradicating this one, but we found another one. <laughs> and this one can be an animal. <laughs> Damn it. The disease has since then, and probably before, mostly been endemic to West Africa, with most cases being connected to individuals in close contact with animals, with occasional outbreaks and epidemics between humans. In Nigeria in 2017, a relatively large outbreak of monkeypox affected at least 200 people with a 3% fatality rate, with cases still cropping up today. And that might actually be the same one we're dealing with currently in the West, as in that outbreak is this outbreak. It's just continuing. It's worth noting, like you said, that there are two different clades of monkeypox, clade one and clade two, but there are also like multiple different like substrains of it that are, you know, they, they still belong to the same like clade of monkeypox, but they have like slight genetic differences. Um, and this, this comes up. So we know, for example, that the current outbreak that we have right now in the West is linked to Nigeria, but that's as far as we know. Ever since then, there have been individual cases uh, outside of the Congo Basin and outside of Nigeria as well, primarily in travelers from Nigeria to other parts of the world. But none of these have caused a significant outbreak, because monkeypox is a self-limiting disease, which means it has a very visual like amount of symptoms, which make it so that people like stay away from you. If they see a bunch of like pustules and stuff like that, they don't want to be with you. And they're also, not going to sit next to you on the you're subway. You're not going to sit next to you on the subway. And also, you can see it mm-hmm. very visually. So you can you oftentimes go to the medical center mm-hmm. to get get it fixed. Um, as you said, sometimes um, it can be asymptomatic, but for the for the vast majority of cases, uh, you get multiples of visual symptoms. But of course, we're talking about the modern monkeypox outbreak. Um, and you're probably aware of it currently because of its current epidemic in the West, outside of Africa, and its connection with the so-called MSM community, the gays. <laughs> I'm, com- I'm going to explain that term later, don't worry. Um, before we dig into the gays, uh, we need to talk about how this spread to the gays. And that's also a very frustrating story. In April of 2022, a person traveled from the UK to Nigeria, specifically to the Lagos and Delta states, which has endemic monkeypox in it. Like, a significant amount of monkeypox exists there. While there, they developed a rash on April 29th, and on May 4th, they traveled back to the UK, and on the same day walked straight to a hospital, where the staff was like, yep, (laughs) you got monkeypox. Like, immediately, you got monkeypox. They immediately began quarantining and contact tracing anyone who could have been in contact with this patient. They told a lot of people to self-isolate, some people in Scotland even, uh, and to watch out for symptoms of monkeypox. And the result of that trace seemed to indicate that no one else had gotten it. They were also not super concerned in the first place because the person hadn't interacted with many people and they had, as far as I can tell, not had sex since returning from Nigeria, which is important. I love the... Uh, the, as far as I can tell. As far as I can tell. <laughs> Did you take a look at them and you were like, nah. <laughs> nah. No, but uh, it's more in the sense of like, um, we don't know a lot about this this individual mm. person. For for privacy concerns, obviously, like the, a lot of details are are not public. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some sort of like health, like information that has been able to either leak to the press or that has been like able to be deduced. Um, 
none of which implied that this person has had any sexual contact with anyone. Uh, and that the contact tracing was more done to people, like people on the plane, uh, and people who had been with people on the plane, um, and people, and like service staff who had who had interacted with the person. Like, um, I think I think one taxi driver, for example, had to had to was also contact traced, but no like sexual encounters, as far as I can tell. Um, despite this, on May twelfth. Two cases of monkeypox were discovered in London uh, between two roommates, neither of which had had any link whatsoever with the initial patient from Nigeria. This is what we call in the medical community for shit. A shit moment. Damn it. People say it's fine, like, sure, it's a week in and it's already kind of out of control, but it's <laughs> fine. It's two people, they can quarantine, and they do. Mm -hmm. um, one of them quarantines at home, and another per person quarantines in a hospital. Mm. Like it's a little shitty that they're they're not sure how they got it. I guess if no they clue. contact traced the other person mm -hmm. and nobody around them seemed to no get it, and then mm -hmm. these two with no connection, yeah, because they also did uh, like an historic contact trace for them as exactly. well, and they could find no overlap. Exactly, like they're co two completely different social circles, um, which a lot of people are like, how the hell does that even happen? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's also unusual for uh, virus tracing generally, and also for monkeypox. Um, for most of the time, when they contact trace monkeypox, they do have like a, like some success rate, and so far it's like zero success rate. Did they find out in the end? No, no. But there are some theories as to why this might have happened. Okay, which I which I will get into. Five days later, on May seventeenth, four more cases are discovered all of which have either been in London recently or live in London directly, and none of them had had any contact with the previous three patients at all. Once again, no overlap in contact tracing. On May 20th, three days later, another 11 cases were discovered, at which point the public uh, health strategy shifts from we can contain like a few individual cases to, oh shit, this is spreading within a community in a way we haven't seen before. And we need to do community messaging, not just individual management. Around May 20th as well, that's when you start getting the first cases in Belgium, Sweden, Italy, Australia, Germany, France, and the Netherlands. Uh, and how it spread so quick, and why it seemingly is overwhelmingly affecting men who have sex with men, has been a bit of a mystery. But as I said, we have some theories. <laughs> So, as I said, you have heard that monkeypox is currently mostly being spread among the gays. Um, gay men, uh, mostly in, in the media. Uh, but in the medical community, they say men who have sex with men. Uh, which is a more open term that includes gay men, bi men, men who identify as straight but might fuck around with their best friend now and then. Uh, and also, in some cases, trans women who have sex with men. Because it's, it's, not, a, it's, not, a, it's not a perfect term, but the term exists so that it's like very clear and can capture as many people as physically possible. And it's, it's, called, it's called men who have sex with men and not like LGBT men or something like that, because like there are occasionally people who don't identify as like with LGBT, but who are men and mm -hmm. who have sex with men. Mm -hmm. um, so they're very much like looking for the act here. Um, no judgment, but like that act has health implications. <laughs> It's also a term that exists when donating blood. Um, it spreads primarily in these communities, even though anyone can get monkeypox, uh, because of a few reasons. The first of those reasons is because while the virus does spread more in these communities, we aren't actually sure how much more than the general population. Uh, this is because of factors such as that men who have sex with men typically monitor their sexual health to a greater extent than other groups. Straight men, for example, will much more commonly not report rashes or symptoms and just wait for it to pass, in which case it won't be reported and might spread. This, is, this has connections to the fact that, like, this is links to, like, the AIDS crisis, for example. Like, the, the men who have sex with men community are, like, if they see a bump, they're checking that bump. Whereas straight men who see a bump, they're like, hmm. <laughs> Statistically, not all, not, not all straight men, of course, but statistically, men are more likely to be like, hmm, that's weird. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> but there is a theory that the current epidemic didn't actually come from this specific person traveling from Nigeria, and that this was just a coincidence. There are sometimes cases of monkeypox coming from travelers from Nigeria, 
and it could explain why contact tracing didn't have any connections to the cases discovered in the weeks afterwards. Instead, this theory says that monkeypox had been circulating in Europe before reaching the MSM community, and reached that community during two raves in Spain and in Belgium, Ama- just, as amazing. This, just as this person um, was traveling back from Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might have gotten so far, because while typically monkeypox causes multiple lesions and outbreaks, this specific strain of it seems to be occasionally sneaky. In many cases, it only causes one or two lesions, leading it to sometimes be misdiagnosed or not seen as a real concern, even by medical professionals. So someone might have a very mild case with something that looks like a cold sore, go to raves and party and maybe make out or fool around, and suddenly a lot of people have monkeypox, a lot of which might not have a very mild case. It might develop it into a more severe case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that I also read that is kind of contributing Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, monkeypox spreading because Western doctors are not really used to seeing it. So they just misdiagnose it a lot Mm -hmm. as like herpes or, you know, mostly herpes. Herpes and cold sores. Cold sores. Things like that. Cold sores are herpes. I guess so. But it's it's, it's oral herpes. Yeah. It's different herpes. Sure. Um, And yeah, that's that's something that I'm going to talk about later about how like... Mm-hmm. Western doctors, you need to do better. <laughs> Get your shit together. <laughs> like, um, you need to be able to recognize uh, this and, you, mm-hmm. you know, to contain the spread. Yeah. Um, and, and this theory then states that, like, it was maybe around for, like, a few weeks, mm-hmm. even. Like, mm-hmm. with, the, with the real cause, the real person who may have, like, brought it to Europe is unknown. And might not have been this person who traveled mm-hmm. there that day at all. Mm-hmm. And genetic testing so far doesn't really give the answer they are very related um the strain that this person got and the strains that is like currently like out in the world they're very related but it's un it's unclear whether or not like one led to the other um so sucks <laughs> if, you, if you want answers it sucks another factor that has to do with the spread has to do with the multiplicity of sexual partners the term multiplicity of sexual partners is a phrase that i really like <laughs> of reported cases in France have, for example, been traced to people who have had multiple sexual partners in the last three weeks before onset of symptoms. It's actually not even enough to wear protection as a way to stay safe from this, as any intimate contact has the risk of spreading the virus. Yeah. I mean, you're still touching skin. They actually actually don't even know if um, this is something that, like, you know how I was saying that uh, there's certain things that scientists don't know. Mm-hmm. They don't actually know if monkeypox is spread through semen or like vaginal fluids. Yeah. So actually you might be safer. There is a chance <laughs> that you might be safer wearing a full body latex mm-hmm. suit with just your dick out, like your naked mm-hmm. dick. <laughs> Although I mean, just, maybe... Yeah, the if dick you, will probably also have like lesions if you on have, it. Yeah, if you have lesions on the dick, no. But if you don't have lesions on the dick, then you're fine. Maybe. <laughs> maybe fine. Let, maybe don't fine. take this as sexual advice. <laughs> but this is, like, this is something that comes up a lot, because like uh, in the media and in a lot of like discussion around monkeypox, it's framed as an STI, yeah. like a sexually transmitted infection. It's not. It happens with close physical contact and intimate relations and, and like... Um, touching skin together which happens in sex which means which means that sex is uh like a, it's a really a, good way to get it it's but an it's an amazing way to get it it's not but the it's, only one like you could just exactly. like be kissing somebody and get it or, or hugging even, or even just like be in the same household as someone and yeah. like like sharing it, objects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even like uh like even super platonically right because like um monkeypox can survive on surfaces for weeks mm. Um, so like even just using the same kitchen could lead to, mm. to, to that. So like if you have monkeypox, it's not enough to like isolate in your home if you live with other people. You have to isolate in your room mm. and like disinfect everything that you touch, including like handles and like you gotta be real careful with this mm-hmm. virus in that case. Mm-hmm. But because multiplicity of sexual partners is such a like strong like vector of spreading the disease, um, the current advice is not to like <laughs> What, what do you call it? Wrap your sticky. Uh, it's instead to have virtual sex or masturbating together at a distance. Uh, and if you do touch each other to disinfect like all the textiles that you use, all the 
all the clothes, the toys, and as you said, the fetish gear. Mm. Um, well, I mean, if you if you if you use it together and one of you is infected, disinfecting it after is not really <laughs> going to help you. But. No, but the, the, I think the idea is that like you're. I think the idea is that because people will have sex, mm -hmm. um, they're just encouraging like to to make it like less risky in every single step of the process. Mm -hmm. The ideal way to deal with this is to have sex with fewer partners, mm -hmm. and which is bad advice because you you have to sort of like slut shame people into into being safe, and that sucks because we're not about slut shaming on here. We love slutting. We're this podcast is pro slut. Um, uh, but in the, but in this case, it's risky. Like it's it's legitimately risky, and you can a condom or like other types of sex protection is not enough. Um, so, do you think latex would be a good like? If it's would be good good protection. If it's completely covering and you disinfect it before and after. Yeah. Maybe, but the, the perfect the, solution: wear a gimp suit. <laughs> Preferably, both of you wear a gimp suit. Um, wear hazmat suits. Otherwise, I prefer the gimp suit. Yeah, probably. Um, I, the, the, but the main advice that people give here is to have, uh, have is to have sex where you don't touch each other. If you have multiple sexual partners, obviously, like if you're in a monogamous relationship and none of y'all are fucking anyone else, and, and <laughs> go for it. Um, but you know, if you have multiple sexual partners, you know, have virtual sex, do it at a distance, things like that, which might be a little, you know, a little challenge, challenging for some people. Like you know, that's a that's for some people that's a weird way to have sex. But you know what? Accept the challenge, <laughs> accept the limitations put upon you to experiment and be creative invent new ways to have sex but that's why i think the gimp suit is more realistic like do you think people are gonna have virtual sex no one's having virtual sex well statistically uh the msm community is having fewer sex uh like sex with fewer partners huh so it like Guess they listen um well the advice isn't really to have fewer sexual partners like that's not the main advice the advice is to have virtual sex or non-contact sex um but MS, like people, men who have sex with men are like taking their own initiative and being like, oh, this is a disease that spreads via sex. Okay, I'm not going to have that anymore. <laughs> um, the CDC came out with a thing that I think um, multi-partner multi sex has decreased since the outbreak of the pandemic within, within the subgroup of men who have sex with men, I think something with like 73%. So like Grinder is gone. <laughs> Grinder has died, as far as I can as far as I can tell. The people and the people who are still there, they're playing with fire. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, there there you know there are ways to there are ways there are ways to have sex safely. All right. Ideally, you don't touch each other. Ideally, you don't what? <laughs> touch each other. Yeah. No touching. There are a few ways for health agencies to help out, specifically when it comes to direct messaging and vaccine delivery for when that becomes more available. There already is the smallpox vaccine which offers protection in about 85% of cases due to it having a similar nature to smallpox, uh, which is why many people who were vaccinated for smallpox are significantly safer from this. But uh, as we mentioned earlier, most people are not because we eradicated it a while ago. Bad timing, I guess. Had we eradicated... Like, if this pandemic had struck, like, in the 80s, I guess more people would have been protected. Well, it's not a pandemic, first of all, so don't uh, call it a uh, pandemic. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I guess if it... It wouldn't have happened in the 80s. Like maybe it's been maybe it's maybe that's a reason why it's like becoming more popular now because like yeah the, like you know fewer people are like vaccinated from it exactly yeah. younger people however aren't vaccinated for smallpox because it's eradicated and it's not really realistic to distribute remaining smallpox vaccines because in many countries there is only a very small supply left in case of bioterrorism um, I think France has like five thousand vials or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And it's specifically meant for like the emergency response response units who are going to like quarantine all of Paris <laughs> uh, if, if they discover like if they discover like one case of smallpox. Lock lockdown for COVID would be weak compared to what people would do if, if like they found like a if wild small, case of smallpox. Small yeah. They would lock down countries for that stuff. Mm. As they should. There are vaccines specifically for monkeypox. But they're not available in huge amounts, and it really depends on the health agency available whether or not a person is able to get it. Here in Sweden, for example, it's given to men who have sex with men who also have multiple sexual partners, and to anyone who has come into contact with someone who has had monkeypox. But basically it goes out to anyone who is in the risk zone 
Um, so if you're out there getting laid, ask your doctor if a smallpox vaccine is right for you. It's not actually smallpox you- that you get. You get you get the specific one, uh, and it varies from country to country what kind of monkeypox vaccine you get. But this isn't just a health issue, it's also a political issue. There have been people who want to use monkeypox to whip up a homophobic hate storm against the gays for spreading monkeypox, especially in cases where children get monkeypox. Marjorie Taylor Greene in the US, for example, implied that the gays are pedophiles since kids can get it. But monkeypox isn't technically a sexually transmitted disease in the sense that it can only be spread in that way, since it can also be spread with close contact, droplets via coughing or sneezing, and also via staying alive in textiles and surfaces that come into contact with infected sores, sometimes for weeks, which is how it can often spread within a household pretty easily as well, even with no sexual contact. Even staying apart but using the same surfaces uh, can be risky also. There's also the idea that this is a similar situation as during the HIV epidemic, with health organization blaming the gays for this outbreak, and that targeted actions towards the LGBT community, when in fact anyone can get it, is going to lead to similar situations as back then. But this doesn't really make sense, as the situations are wildly different, and people seem to have forgotten that the issue during the AIDS crisis wasn't that the gays were targeted for treatment, it's that the disease was ignored because it affected gay people and people would let them die. In this case, health organizations are focusing measures towards the LGBT community, which is a good thing even if some news organizations and far-right movements are seizing on that in order to promote homophobic messaging. But it still needs to be a targeted effort, because so far, MSM accounts for as much as 98% of cases, and it's a group that needs priority when it comes to vaccinations and other preventative measures such as testing. It's also worth mentioning that this disease goes away, so it's not comparable to HIV or AIDS. The mortality and spread are significantly lower, and will not lead to lifelong transmissibility concerns. It sucks. (laughs) Monkeypox sucks. My professional opinion. Um, And people do die from it. But it's not the next AIDS crisis. So far, 122 people have died out of around 53,000 confirmed cases worldwide. And the vast majority of these deaths have happened in the Congo Basin and in endemic Africa. Outside of endemic Africa, nine people have died, with the rate of death per case number being significantly lower. This is most likely due to wealthier healthcare systems in the West and due to underreporting of cases in the Democratic Republic of Congo, with many patients affected there in the poorer regions of the country. In fact, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, there are almost as many deaths from monkeypox as there are confirmed cases due to the near-complete lack of testing. But the amount of deaths implied that there is a significantly more severe outbreak there than in the entirety of the world outside of endemic Africa or even outside of Congo itself. It should be mentioned here that while this epidemic has gotten very newsworthy here, the real epidemic is in endemic Africa. Western countries have had vaccines for monkeypox for years and did not choose to help or to limit the epidemic locally, and now it's spread here. Most deaths have also happened due to clade 1, which is more common in Central Africa and Congo in comparison to the less lethal clade 2, which is the most common one in Nigeria and the one responsible for the current outbreak in the West. It's also not the next COVID though, which is good to know. It spreads significantly slower and has this self-isolating effect, and the majority of transmission happens in sexual settings or within the home. This means that it's possible to contain even after the amount of cases has grown to the amount that it has today. The real danger is that the virus might transmit from humans to animals in Europe and America, creating a reservoir in animals making the disease extremely difficult to eradicate here, leading to more outbreaks in the future and a possible endemic status. Uh, which is apparently called retrosunosis, which I think is a very fun term. (laughs) When it comes to clinical management of monkeypox, it mostly consists of supportive care, so maintenance of fluid balance, supplemental oxygen, and other respiratory support, hemodynamic support, so support of cardiovascular function, and treatment of secondary infections if needed. There are no approved treatments specifically for monkeypox, but there are a few antiviral agents, including 
Cidofovir and Brincidofovir. Y'all scientists need to name, need to name your <laughs> I know. drugs better. I'm not. I'm not y'alls who named this. <laughs> I would. I would. I would name it Agent A and Agent B. These uh, these medicines also legitimately sound like the stuff you find in like a zombie game. Yeah. That will like if you cook them all together, they they will They'll cure the virus. You, yeah, they will give you like a zombie cure mm-hmm. cocktail. Um, but there is cause, yeah because you said that like, there's no cure at all. There's like treatments to like reduce symptoms and like severity. So but, like, there's no cure. So I'm going to talk about the vaccine that is being used. Um, both as pre-exposure prophylactic prophylaxis and post-exposure prophylaxis, oh. but these are just antivirals, and I'll, mm. I'll also talk a little bit about like what they do specifically. Yeah. So we got a few antivirals uh, that we know help, and I'll talk about what they do specifically. So we got cidofovir and brincidofovir, which are pretty similar; they're just different forms of each other, and uh, they get metabolized differently. Uh, there's also uh, ticovirimat. And vaccinia immune globulin intravenous. That's uh, too many words for one medicine. Vigiv for short. Sidofovir <laughs> and brincidofovir both block viral DNA synthesis by inhibiting the DNA polymerase, which maybe you might remember from high school. No. <laughs> so okay. you know when I can DNA... confidently say no. <laughs> so you know when DNA um and the, let me let me tell you some key words to jog your memory. The DNA strand. I, fa- I failed high school biology, but maybe you remember. Come on, it's like a it's, it's a very important thing in science, mm-hmm. in biology. When the DNA strand unzips, do you remember the I rem- unzipping? I remember the unzipping. Do you know the enzyme that comes and brings nucleotides? No. It brings TACG. <laughs> no. To the strand. Okay. Well, DNA polymerase helps with the synthesis of the new DNA strand. Okay. So the the blocking uh, of this enzyme means that DNA cannot synthesize anymore, which means basically that the, the virus, the virus yeah. won't be able to replicate. Mm. Um, like you're sterilizing the virus, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Tecovirimat inhibits one of the viral proteins that creates virions. And virions are the viral genetic information contained in a little protective capsule that are released from the infected cell um, and that in turn goes to other cells and infects them. So the way that I think about them is like as pods leaving a spaceship, like a big door opens and all the pods like flow out into space carrying the the, vi- the viruses. Sure. Those are variants. So anyway, uh, Tecovirimat inhibits the creation of the capsules so the virus cannot like go and infect other cells. Vigiv confers passive immunity through Orthobox-specific antibodies collected from human plasma of persons immunized with the smallpox vaccine. Notice that I said passive immunity. So this is different from active immunity that you would get from a regular vaccine, because mm-hmm. uh, usually regular vaccines have like uh, weakened viruses or viral particles, and that teaches your own immune system to create antibodies. This Vigiv thing, it already contains antibodies collected from other people. So basically what this means is um, you only get protection for a few weeks. Yeah, uh, because like while you have it. While you body. have it, and then the antibodies get like recycled. Yeah. Um, and then you don't have it anymore, and your body does not produce it. Interesting. I guess that's good for like people who work with people who have yeah. monkeypox. Yeah, exactly. But it's not, it's not really... Um, sustainable solution for it yeah so those are the antivirals that we have but remember how we also said that the people who have had the smallpox immunization are still somewhat immune they still have a little bit of protection Mm -hmm. to monkeypox so from that you would deduce that a reasonable response in the face of this outbreak would be to just immunize everybody with the smallpox vaccine do it again (laughs) just do it again just give everyone the vaccine and they will be immune to 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 monkeypox um, so we have a few different vaccines that were initially developed for smallpox, um, and they are ACAM2000 and MFA, uh, the two two main ones. ACAM2000 is for sure an operating system made of, like <laughs> for Linux, like a like a six year old made a box named it ACAM2000, put like some robot years yeah, on it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I am ACAM. <laughs> So ACAM2000 is made from a live replication-competent vaccinia virus, which, if you remember, is also part of the the Orphopox genus. Um, Because the vaccine is alive, 
it carries a risk for serious adverse effects like developing progressive vaccinia, eczema vaccinatum, and myopericarditis. Modified vaccinia ankara, MFA for short, also known as genius, genius. <laughs> I'm not really. It's a it's a Danish name. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's Danish. Um, they're trying to they're tra- they're trying to get back in the world's good graces after bioengineering monkeypox. Mm-hmm. So this one, this MFA, is a non-replicating modified vaccine, uh, also made from this um, from the same virus. Uh, but unlike ACAM 2000, it does not lead to the production of live virus in vaccinated individuals and is therefore safe to use by immunocompromised people. But the problem with this vaccine is that there is limited data on its efficacy in preventing monkeypox in humans. Its efficacy is inferred from vaccine efficacy studies using animal models, prairie dogs and cinemolgus macaques to be precise. So like monkeys and like rodents, but no humans. So we don't really know how effective it is. We know that it's safe because we do have some safety and immunogenicity studies in humans. But but we we don't don't, know much more. We don't know really like how how, like effective it is. I like that they're doing it on prairie dogs too. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're really putting the people who like had former outbreaks to work to like fix mm-hmm. it. The Danish, the paradox. Yeah. In a few years, the gays will have, have developed their own like treatments. Or they're putting the prairie dogs to work. <laughs> they, I mean, they are putting the prairie dogs. The prairie to work. dogs have their own like miniature lab developing vaccines. In yeah, there. exactly. Mm-hmm. They're like, it works for us. Do you want it? <laughs> We're sorry about 2003. Currently, vaccines are administered as post-exposure prophylaxis for close contacts with high-risk exposures and also exposed healthcare workers in several European nations, um, as well as the United States and Canada. Pre-exposure prophylaxis is also extended to groups that are considered to be at higher risk of exposure, um, and that of course includes gain bisexual men and MSM. Um, however, the vaccine supply is low, which is why we can't really just like give everyone uh, the vaccine. Yeah. Uh, like you said, countries have a very like low, uh, like a limited supply of vaccines, and they mm-hmm. they want to keep that. <laughs> they want to keep that. <laughs> they want to keep in case. They don't. They don't care. About, they don't care about the gays that much. <laughs> they want to keep that for themselves. Um, ah. And also, there's only one company that manufactures this Enos vaccine. It's a Denmark-based company called Bavarian Nordic. Its production capacity is unclear, but it doesn't seem to really be able to fulfill global demand. <laughs> I love that you say that it's unclear. Yeah, but like, this might is... just be a guy like in his basement just like cooking up stuff like Breaking no, Bad. No. Like, oh, the gays need this. <laughs> well, We're doing it for the gays. We know it's a company, but they're kind of promising. They're promising a lot of doses, but people are like, but how are you going to do that? Like, you don't have the capacity. Like, yeah. we know what your, what your lab looks like. Like, you don't have... You don't have that many. You don't have that much stuff for it. Yeah. Like you're not gonna be able to do it. And they're like, no, nay, nay, don't worry, we do it. <laughs> I don't know. That was my da- Danish accent. Perfect. Huh? Perfect. Perfect. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, they're saying so. They're saying that they can deliver, uh, like I don't know, yeah. like millions of doses. And people, people are, are people are very skeptical of their ability to deliver this many doses. Yeah. So unless something changes, um, you know, about like, unless they start, they start collaborating with other companies or unless they significantly increase their delivery, like their production capacity. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's unlikely. Couldn't they just license it? Yeah, they could. Do they want to? Yeah, I guess that's the thing. So there's a lot of bureaucracy involved too, Mm. obviously. Because I feel like they could make more money if they just license it and get more doses out of that way. Even if they don't get, like... You should talk to them and tell them about your idea. Yeah, just license it. <laughs> hey, um, I have an idea. I You you probably haven't considered it. But have you have thought, you thought about, 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 like, licensing? I'm just My name is Mia Mulder. My name is Mia Mulder. I'm a YouTuber. Uh, I have an idea for how to solve the monkey boxing epidemic. <laughs> just license it. Listen here. You but solve like you solve them. the monkeypox epidemic and you also get more money. Isn't this a perfect idea? Just license it. Just license it. Thank me later. Bye. <laughs> you can thank you can thank me by making my estrogen. <laughs> so how about the future? Is monkeypox going to be the next COVID? Because uh, you talked about the HIV and I think you yeah. covered it pretty well. 
Um, I glossed over COVID. That's not no, but like it's fine because yeah. I'm going to talk about yeah, COVID. So is is monkeypox going to be the next COVID? I think no. Uh, I think no too. So the current situation with monkeypox, although it's serious, I'm not trying to minimize it. It's it's quite different from COVID. Uh, so monkeypox is not a new virus, and we already have some experience with how to prevent the propagation of its infection from previous outbreaks because it, it has we have had outbreaks before. Uh, and we also have some targeted antivirals and prophylactics. The transmission of monkeypox is different. It's not transmitted through aerosols, um, as far as we know. <laughs> as far as you know, unless we get a sudden change. Check again in six months. God. Um, like in six months, we're going to be like the like monkeypox part two. Mm, it's evolved into, into worse smallpox and also it spreads via aerosols. Guess what, Fox? Monkeypox. It actually has a latent um, like onset time for like six months. Mm -hmm. um, and after six months, it actually evolves into like a super smallpox. <laughs> super smallpox. Um, and it spreads and there's no immunity. So, um, <laughs> there's no cure. Uh, there's and, no cure. Uh, it's also for it's life. Like 99% so. fatal. 99%. But, but only for the gays. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is fine. Like, what? That All right. Make no. Okay. Enough. Enough of this. It's. <laughs> It's not. It's it's none of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. It's not transmitted through aerosols. It's it has low um, fatality. Yeah. Uh, low, pretty low morbidity. I mean, you're. Pr I mean, like you get the scars probably, mm -hmm. which fucking sucks. Sucks. Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't have the same like long term effects that COVID does, which is a good thing. Like you, you can get better <clears throat> from it, and yeah. then you're good. And then you're you're probably most likely you're fine. fine yeah. Like you you're know, alive, still, most, still, be careful. Always. I'm not trying to minimize it. Be yeah. careful. It sucks. <laughs> you gotta be careful. But people have died. People have died. But I'm just trying to like also present it in a in a in a non like panicky way. Yeah. But this doesn't mean that we can just like chill out and not take any measures against it. There's still some things that we don't know about the virus, um, and that's always like something that's a little bit scary to admit like what like what if there are things we don't know that we don't we don't even know that we don't know yeah you know like right now it doesn't seem like it has any long-term effects but who knows who knows yeah. like not that much research has been done on it partly because it's mostly endemic in a part of the world that unfortunately the west has ignored has ignored yeah. like doesn't racism <laughs> doesn't really care that much about like yeah. it fucking sucks to say it but like that's the case so um we'll see scientists are working on it so we'll see if any new information about it comes out comes out we hope that it's not um there's no long monkeypox um long monkeypox yeah it sounds horrible so another thing is it's not a virus that is very common in the West, so it's easy to be categorized as something else. This is already something that I mentioned. But like one of the things that needs to be done is like we need to implement screening tools in healthcare environments so mm -hmm. the doctors are, are able to recognize it and, ident and identify it and diagnose it so that we can also like follow the spread if it spreads. Yeah. Lastly... It's not so. The last thing that I'm gonna say, it's not really related to the like the like fixing the situation directly. But every time a virus like this comes out, it's just another reminder of what will continue to happen if we don't change the way that we interact with like nature, nature, yeah, and animals. Because I mean, the more we intrude on wild habitats the more we do this with the deforestation and the poaching and the hunting and uh, like destroying habitats the more we get closer to a virus like this maybe becoming an epidemic or a pandemic mm -hmm. like at some point it's gonna happen and we need to at some point like be able to like learn a lesson maybe hopefully like stop doing it yeah it doesn't honestly like I say this. I don't. I'm not super optimistic God that no. we are going to learn a lesson from this. I mean, we didn't learn from COVID. No, we didn't learn from COVID. But this is like it's the same thing happening yeah. again. It's um, John Oliver did a segment on monkeypox, and mm -hmm. there's a segment where a doc, like I think a doctor says, like um, this is like the universe throwing us a softball. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a like, virus that, we're, exactly. that we know about that's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. We already have a vaccine. Mm -hmm. We already mm -hmm. have sort of like screening and exactly. testing and we still fucked it up. Exactly. <laughs> we exactly. still dropped the ball. No, but it, for real, it's like the universe being like, hey, 
you do see you need this a win? <laughs> do you need a help? Do you need an epidemiological, epidemiological win? <laughs> but it's not about the win. For me, it's a reminder. Yeah. Because I mean, sure, like we do have some tools, but for me, it's just like, hey, you, you know, all those animals that you like hunt and you poach and you sell and you trade internationally, those animals have a lot of viruses and bacteria that you are completely unable to deal with yeah. and handle. Your puny human body <laughs> has never seen such a thing in its life, yeah. in its existence. Get destroyed by this here's monkey here's monkeypox we got like thousands more this one's chill this one's easy okay i'm giving you this easy one this so is you a tutorial see virus here <laughs> right exactly um i realize covid was hard i get it we'll, we'll again, let's get back to basics get, let's give an easy one but like keep in mind keep in mind we got more got more though <laughs> thousands more yeah it's fucked up yeah it's fucked up so anyway i hate it <laughs> I hate this. I hate... We're like, going to have another pandemic like in a few years again, right? But I mean, that's how it feels. Because like, it's not like it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Especially uh, with like industrialization in like uh, so-called virgin soil mm -hmm. uh, or virgin forest mm -hmm. happening more and more, mm -hmm. uh, especially like in rainforest areas. Mm -hmm, exactly. I mean, rainforests are like a breeding ground for so viruses and bacteria. Viruses, yeah. It's like an incubator. Yeah. It's like a moist, warm incubator for all the microorganisms in the world. Anyway. The, the biodiversity is good. The drawback is... <laughs> there is a drawback. Um, and it is that rainforest has a lot of biodiversity and a lot of viruses in that biodiversity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, I Great, unfortunately, yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't stop deforestation, but I can tell you to wear a condom, <laughs> have virtual sex, um, wear a gym suit, masturbate, masturbate separately from a distance, from a distance, and look at each other. How many meters is enough, Mia? Two meters? I would say two meters. A full Mia Mulder between sexual <laughs> partners while masturbating. A full Mia Mulder between sexual. I like that. That's good. Yeah, stay one Mia Mulder away from your sexual partner. If you're going to hook up with someone new. I like that. All right. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I, f I, I enjoy having easy episodes once in a while because I feel like the previous ones were very political and like yeah. a little bit hard. Like we talked, what was the last one? I completely forgot. Torture. Torture. Torture was kind of hard. And then mm. um, gay history. That was kind of hard. There, yeah. was a, there was a little bit of heavy stuff. It's nice to just take a virus and just be like, this is the virus. Yeah. This is how it works. This is, this what, is what it does. Happened. This is how we fix it. Yeah. It's really easy for me too, because I find it pretty easy to read like papers. Mm. They're very like straightforward. I like that about science. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> um, you know, maybe it's a little dry, but I like it. Yeah. So it's, it's nice to have a little palate. palate Palette cleanser. cleanser. Palette cleanser in between episodes. Mm -hmm. Also, episode 30. What's up? <laughs> this is episode 30? Yeah, episode Shit. 30. We've been doing this for like over two years. No, a year and a half. Year and a half. Almost two years. Yeah, in three months. That's <laughs> almost two years. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, consider supporting us on Patreon. On, on Poxtreon. Support us on Poxtreon, dear Poxtrons. Bapreon. <laughs> We're so tired. I'm so tired. Um, if you also like the episode, please consider uh, sharing it with your friends. Uh, if you have uh, friends, Gay who, friends who in are particular. men who have sex with men, send it to them and, and tell them to like, hey, you should stay one Mia Mulder away from new sexual partners. And they'll be like, what the fuck is that? Who is Mia Mulder? And then you can show them my content and then I'll be happy. Also, leave reviews on iTunes. Uh, rank us on Spotify. Rank us. You can do a little score thing. If you give us five stars, we're happy. But I'm happy with four or more. Yeah. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And we will see you on our next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>